morning. Today's scripture lesson is from Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 through 28. It can be found in your pew Bibles on pages 849 and 850, or you may follow along in your bulletin. Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Just then, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But he did not answer her at all. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she keeps shouting after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. He answered, It is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered her, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Many, many, many years ago, when I was just knee-high to a grasshopper, my grandfather bought me a kite. I was probably two or three years old, and I was staying with my grandparents when my grandfather gave me this gift. It was my very first kite, and I couldn't wait to get outside and try it out. So my grandfather and I went out to a place where there was a, a field, and we unfurled the kite, and then we waited for the wind to blow. And we waited, and we waited... It just wasn't a windy day. The wind refused to cooperate. And so my grandfather decided to see if he could force things along a little bit. He decided to see if he could generate a little bit of his own wind by running across the field. And so my grandfather took off running across the field, and I took off running behind him, shouting, Grandpa! Grandpa! And because he heard me cheering for him, my grandfather really put some effort into it, but it, it didn't really help. The kite didn't do much. It just hopped up off the ground a couple times and then dragged most of the way. My grandfather got to the other side of the field, and he decided to give it another try. And so he turned around and started running in the opposite direction, and I turned around and started running after him, shouting even louder, Grandpa, Grandpa! And because he heard me cheering with such enthusiasm, he ran even faster than he had the first time, and this time the kite sort of jumped up off the ground, and it did a sort of a corkscrew in the air before it came crashing down. But that was enough to give my grandfather hope that this might actually work. And so when he reached the end of the field, he turned around and, and gave it one more try. He started running across the field and I started running behind him shouting grandpa 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 and then suddenly miraculously the kite lifted up off the ground and it went up in the air 10 feet 20 feet 30 feet it went up high enough that it caught a little bit of a breeze and sort of hovered there my grandfather didn't know how long he could make it stay up there and so he turned around to see if I was properly appreciating the fruits of his labors I think he was hoping for some sort of applause and he turned around and when he turned around he saw that I was not clapping, I was not cheering, I was not smiling. When he turned around, he saw that I was there in the middle of the field, 
And I was curled up in a tight ball. I was lying there in the middle of the field just bawling my eyes out. Well, my grandfather immediately let go of the kite and he hurried over to me. He got down on his knees next to me. He figured I must have tripped and fallen. I must have hurt myself in some way. So he got right down beside me and he said, what is it? What's wrong? Are you okay? And I looked up at him all matted hair and teary eyes and I said to him, Grandpa, why do you keep running away from me? You ever have those moments? You ever have those moments when it feels like the the universe has betrayed you, when you feel small and confused and overwhelmed to the point where all you want to do is curl up in a ball and, and cry? I have those moments sometimes. I haven't been two years old in a long time, but still some days I, I feel that way. Sometimes it's the world that makes me feel that way. I feel that way when we see the pictures and learn the names of the people who were killed in the latest mass shooting. I feel that way when we see images of children waiting to be picked up from school by parents who aren't coming because they've been swept up in an immigration raid. Sometimes the world makes me want to curl up in a ball and cry. Sometimes the world makes me feel small and overwhelmed and confused. And sometimes it's God who makes me feel that way. In this morning's scripture reading, we have a story about Jesus that always leaves me feeling just a little bit lost. And the story goes like this. One day Jesus is walking through a village and he's surrounded by people. His disciples are there with him and and people are pressing in from every side. They want to get close to Jesus. They want to see his face, maybe even reach out and touch him. And in that great crowd of people, there is one woman who is particularly determined. She presses and she wiggles her way through all of those bodies trying to get close to Jesus. Eventually she gets close enough that she can shout out to Jesus and be heard above the crowds. This woman gets close to Jesus and then she shouts at him. She says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is afflicted by a demon. And this sort of thing happens to Jesus all the time. You know, people are always coming to Jesus hoping to find healing for themselves, healing for people they love. A lot of stories about Jesus start out in exactly this way. But on this particular occasion, in this particular story, Jesus does something that he doesn't do in any of those other stories. When Jesus hears the woman crying out to him for help, Jesus ignores her. He pretends that he can't hear her. He keeps on walking. I don't like that. I don't like the idea of a Jesus who ignores people, a Jesus who pretends that he can't hear people, especially heartsick mothers. But it gets worse. The woman doesn't give up. She keeps on trying to press closer and closer to Jesus. And she keeps on shouting until finally Jesus turns and acknowledges her voice. Jesus turns and he looks at the woman and he says to her, Listen, I was sent only to save the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And the Bible tells us that this woman is a a Canaanite, a Gentile, a non-Israelite. In other words, Jesus says to this woman, God sent me into this world to save a, a tiny little narrow slice of humanity. And you and your daughter just don't make the cut. That seems cruel. I don't like that either. I don't like the idea of a Jesus who can be cruel to people, especially people who have come to him for healing. But it gets worse. 
The woman doesn't give up. She keeps on pressing through the crowd until finally she is directly in front of Jesus. She falls at the feet of Jesus and then she looks up at him and she cries, Lord, help me. And Jesus looks down at this woman, all matted hair and and teary eyes. And what does he say to her? He says, listen, it's not fair to give the food to the dogs when the children still haven't had their supper. He insults the woman. He calls her a dog. He calls her daughter a dog, a Gentile dog, a Canaanite dog. And I really, really, really don't like that. I don't like the idea of a Jesus who can insult people, who can call people names. I don't like that. I don't know what to do with this story. When I read this story, I always end up feeling a little bit lost. I feel like somebody I love, somebody I trust is running away with my kite. When I read this story, I always feel small and overwhelmed and confused. And there's a part of me that wants to believe that if only we could see inside Jesus' head in this moment, if only we could understand what Jesus is thinking, then maybe this story would make sense and we would see that there's a reason, a purpose to the way that Jesus behaves in this story. A lot of people have tried to make sense of this story. A lot of people have come up with explanations for the way that Jesus acts and behaves in this story. Some people say, listen, it's, it's okay. Jesus is not really being mean and insulting and cruel to this woman. Jesus is just testing her faith. He just wants to see if she's going to keep pressing closer, if she's going to turn around and walk away at the first sign of trouble. It's okay. Jesus isn't really being mean and insulting and rude to this woman. He's just pretending to be mean and insulting and rude. And somehow that doesn't make me feel much better. Other people say, no, listen, Jesus really is being mean and insulting and rude to this woman, but it's okay because Jesus isn't like that anymore. Some people say that at this point in his story, Jesus doesn't understand that God has sent him into the world to save all people, all of humanity, but then the Holy Spirit straightened Jesus out and he got with the program and so now Jesus isn't mean to people anymore. He learned his lesson and somehow that doesn't make me feel better either. In all the years I've been trying to make sense of this story, I think I've probably only ever heard one person who had anything really sensible to say about this story and the way that Jesus behaves. Years ago, I was talking to a a pastor who was a mentor of mine back when I was in seminary, and I was telling her how much I, I wrestle with this story, how much I struggle with this story. I said, I don't know what to do with this story. I don't know what to do with a Jesus who ignores people. I don't know what to do with a Jesus who walks away from people when they cry out to him. I don't know what to do with a Jesus who pretends that he can't hear people who need his help. I don't know what to do with this story, I said. And she listened to me for a while, and then she thought for a while, and then she said something I'll never forget. She looked at me, and she said, but isn't that how it is sometimes? She said, don't we all have moments when we feel like the woman in the story? Don't we all have moments when we cry out to God and we feel like nobody's listening? Don't we all have moments when we reach out to God and we feel like nobody is there? Don't we have moments when we come to God and pray for healing for ourselves or for somebody we love and then the healing doesn't come and we feel like God is being rude to us, God is ignoring us, God is playing games with us? She said, doesn't it sometimes feel exactly the way the woman felt in this story? And she said, don't we discover that if in those moments when it's difficult to to be near Jesus, if we keep pressing on closer to Jesus, don't we eventually discover that, that in his presence we receive the peace and the healing 
that we need, even if we don't understand the way he behaves sometimes. She said, isn't this how faith works sometimes? As far as I'm concerned, that's probably the most sensible thing that anybody has ever said about this story. That is the way faith feels sometimes. All of us will have moments when we feel far away from God. All of us will have moments when our hearts are filled with questions and doubts because we reach out to God and it feels like God isn't there. This story is frustrating and confusing and that's exactly the reason why you and I need to hear it because sometimes our walk with Jesus can be frustrating and confusing. You don't need me to explain this story to you because you have already lived this story. You have already been the woman in this story. I can't tell you how many people in my years as a pastor have made their way into my office and sat down in my office and said, Pastor, I think there's something wrong with me. I just don't feel close to God the way I used to feel close to God. I talk to God and I feel like nobody's listening. I reach out to God and it feels like nobody is there. And then I come and I sit in worship on Sunday morning and my heart is filled with all these questions and all this doubt. And I look around and I see all of these other people and faith seems to be so easy for them. Believing seems to be so easy for them. And it's got to the point where I wonder if I even belong here anymore. You would not believe how many people have sat in my office and said exactly those words to me. You would not believe how many of those people believe believe that they're the first people who ever felt this way. And the gift of this story is it lets us know, those of us who struggle with questions, those of us who struggle with doubt, it lets us know that we're not alone. We're not the first ones to have these experiences, to think these things. This has been part of the experience of walking with Jesus from the very beginning of the Christian faith. In my years as a pastor, I've learned that when we gather in this place on Sunday morning, all of us are on a journey towards believing. All of us are somewhere on a spectrum between belief and unbelief. When we gather in this place on Sunday morning, we've got believers and we've got questioners and we've got questioning believers and we've got unbelieving believers and believing unbelievers. There are so many people who are walking towards Jesus in so many different ways when we gather in this place. A couple weeks ago, there was one court streeter who came up to me after worship and he said, Pastor, he said, I got to tell you something. He said, I need you to know I'm not a believer. He said, you haven't convinced me yet. He said, but I keep coming back to this place because I, I feel like it is beautiful the way that this congregation tries to honor and live out the teachings of Jesus. And I want to support that. I want to be part of that, even if I'm not a believer yet. If that describes your faith right now, I want you to know that you are welcome here. And there's a place for you at Court Street Church. There's another court streeter who sometimes says to me, he says to me, you know, I keep coming back to this place because I love when you talk about Jesus. He says, I'm fascinated by Jesus. I just can't get enough of Jesus, but I need you to know that I'm just not sure about the rest of this stuff. He said, I'm not sure about all of this magical God stuff. If that describes your faith right now, I want you to know that you're welcome here. I want you to know that there's a place for you here at Court Street Church. I've had at least two court streeters come to me and say, Pastor, I hope it's okay that you might notice that when you look out on Sunday morning, I don't say all the lines of the Apostles' Creed because I'm just not sure that I believe all of the lines of the Apostles' Creed. And so sometimes I skip a few. If that describes your faith right now, I want you to know that you are welcome here. There is a place for you at Court Street Church because here at Court Street Church, in this place, within this congregation, we understand that faith is not about having all of the answers. Faith is not about having God all 
figured out. Faith is not about believing every line of a creed. In this place, we understand that faith is what happens when we don't understand Jesus, but we hold on to him anyway. Faith is what happens when it's hard, but we keep on pressing towards Jesus. Even when Jesus is the one who is making it hard, we keep on pressing towards Jesus because we believe, we believe that he is the hope that this world has been waiting for. In his presence, if we only hold on, if we only persist and don't let go in his presence, eventually, somehow, we will find the peace and the healing that we need. Let's pray. God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for not turning us away, even when we bring questions and doubt to this place. We give you thanks for the example of faith that you have given us in this woman who encountered Jesus on this strange day. We give you thanks for the example that she gave us in continuing to press toward Jesus even when it was difficult, even when it didn't make sense. God, we give you thanks for that moment when Jesus finally looked at her and said, great is your faith. Receive the healing that I have come to give you. God, we pray that you would give us her persistence. Give us her courage. Help us to keep knocking at the door even when it feels like there's nobody home. Give us the courage to cry out even when we're not sure anyone is listening. God, carry us through until we reach that place where believing is easy and faith fills our hearts. In Jesus we pray. Amen.